Next Sunday morning, we have the opportunity and the blessing. And sometimes when you talk to people about giving money, they think it's not really an opportunity or a blessing. It's some kind of sacrifice. But Jesus wants us to be blessed in the opportunity to give to his work. And so next Sunday morning, we're going to take up a special contribution for Northern Hills Church. And they are hoping and praying that we will give generously. We want very much for you to give not out of your regular contribution, but out of your surplus, out of the ways in which God has blessed you. I actually hope it's a sacrifice for you. Robert and I have decided that we're going to give about 15% next Sunday of what we normally give on our, uh, like our annual contribution. So, you know, whatever we give on a year, we're going to give about 15% of that next Sunday morning, and, uh, but that'll be extra. We're going to give our regular contribution too. So I hope that you choose to make a sacrifice and to give richly to the Lord's work next Sunday morning. We're going to see a video now and then Colin Hattrick, who's been a part of uh, Northern Hills since it began, is going to come and say a few words to us. Keith? Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Very <laughs> miss you. We love you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good morning, everyone. I just want to take a few minutes this morning to share with you the journey we've been on and, and share with you a few stories uh, from the past year as we've been planting Northern Hills Church. I also want to take a few minutes to thank you uh, again for all of the support you provided for us. I can honestly tell you that personally it would have been very difficult to survive the past year without the support of so many of you, without the encouraging words uh, I've received, and without knowing that you are praying for us. Uh, and that you're behind what we're doing. And so I, from the bottom of my heart, from our family, and especially from our church, we want to thank the Calgary Church of Christ for everything you're doing to help grow a new community of Christ in Calgary to reach more people. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. I want to share with you some of the impact that's been happening as a result of Northern Hills Church, as a result of all the support you guys are providing us. About one year ago today, at the end of October, we gathered for the first time. We had about 18 adults to start with and 17 kids and for a few months last fall we, we planned and we prepared to launch a new church in northern calgary we launched northern hills church on january 19th of this year we held a very first service that day and we invited our community to come and to join us it was a very exciting morning as we had nearly 180 people come to our service that day now we had we had quite a few people from our supporting churches that were there which was incredible to have their their love their care and, and their support it was so encouraging uh, to have them there but we also had nearly 100 people from our community come and join our core team and those from our supporting churches so it was a great morning it was very exciting since january 19th We've utilized two main things in order to connect with these new people that came and, and joined us. We have connection groups at Northern Hills Church, which are much like your life groups uh, at Calgary Church of Christ. In fact, these are for us, as they are for you, the foundation of our church there. They're the most important thing for us as we strive for our mission of being disciples who are making disciples. The other thing we did to connect with these new people is what's called our connection events. Every Friday night from the very beginning, we've held uh, these events for different people, for men, for women, for children, uh, for youth. But we rent a local community center and then we advertise to the community, to our church, 
uh, and also just to our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers uh, to come and together. We create a relational environment for us to come and to build a community. And these have been essential. Our connection events, our connection groups have been essential in really shaping and forming us as a people and really helping these new people who, who have come in, who joined us January 19th and who have continued to join us. Uh, as we become the body of Christ and as we uh, really shape and form into what he's uh, making us to be. At this point in our journey through our first year, we typically have about 80 to 85 people attending our Sunday morning services, which is incredibly uh, exciting for us. As you can imagine, uh, beginning with only 18 adults just a year ago, uh, it's been an incredibly uh, exciting year. More importantly, our connection groups, which are the foundation for uh, accomplishing our mission as a church of, of being disciples of Christ, discipling one another and growing others toward faith in Christ. Uh, these groups are so important. And we have nearly 75, well, 73 or 74 uh, people in our connection groups uh, at this point in time. Most of the people who are coming to our services have been joining our connection groups, which has been also very exciting. Most importantly, uh, we've had the exciting privilege of being able to, since January 19th, witness uh, and experience and be a part of five different people giving their life to Jesus Christ. We've been able to watch this incredible miracle that takes place as one turns away from their sin and turns toward God and gives their life to Him. I wanted to share with you this morning that these five people have given their life to Christ and their life is changed, it's altered, and it's going in a different direction, in the direction of God right now, only because of the incredible support, encouragement that you are providing uh, by being part of this church plant with us. And so again, I want to say thank you for all of your support, for all of your encouragement, for everything that you're doing uh, to help grow this new church and to help grow faith in others here in Calgary. And as I mentioned earlier, this hasn't been the easiest of journeys for us. It's been full of challenges. At times, it's actually felt a lot to me kind of like I'm on a roller coaster ride uh, as there, there have been all of these uh, different ups and uh, downs as well. It's, it's, it's a difficult journey to be on. And so I want to actually ask as well this morning just for your continued support, your continued encouragement, and especially, more than anything, your continued prayer, seeking God on behalf of Northern Hills Church. Thank you so much. Have a great morning. Good morning, everybody. If I can echo what was in that video, we miss you guys. Um, Kara's really disappointed she couldn't come this morning, um, but she wants to send her love and a big hello out to everybody here. Uh, she's busy teaching class this morning. 
Um, but yeah, when Peter approached me earlier this week, uh, I was quite excited, uh, quite honored to get to come back and speak to you guys. Um, this really is like a family to us here. Um, when we were approached a little over a year ago to to help plant the church up there, it was a really tough decision for us. Um, obviously, the fear of the unknown and the challenges involved, but also because what this church has meant to us over the years and uh, who this church is to us. Uh, Kara grew up in this church. Uh, I'd been going here for 12, 13, 14 years. Um, Kara and I met here. We got married here. Our kids were born here. Uh, they were being raised here. Uh, this church had become family to us. So to give that up was really quite a struggle for us. It was quite a challenge. Um, but we were glad in a way that we did it um, to move on and go up there and uh, be working with God uh, in the ways he's moving up there um, and he is doing wonderful things up there. As you saw by the slides, um, we've had five baptisms, five people that have uh, turned from the ways of this world to, to turn to God, to glorify God with their lives, to be in relationship with their creator. Uh, this doesn't happen without your support. Uh, this doesn't happen unless God is moving. Uh, on top of the regular monthly events, we've done community events. Our goal has been to reach this community, to provide safe environments where where people can come to, people can, uh, I can invite my neighbors to, I can invite my coworkers to, where they don't feel threatened by a church, but where I can build a relationship with them, where I can introduce them to other people who are following Christ, where they can become friends with them and where we can share our lives with them and reach out to them. Uh, we've done a big Easter event last year. We had almost 1,500 people from the community show up. We handed out hot dogs, had bouncy gyms. Uh, we did a Light in the Hills campaign this summer where we had a team from Ohio come up. Uh, and we spent the week just serving the community. On that Sunday morning, we had a really quick service, and then we went out. We gave gift cards and flowers to people in the community instead of going to church. Uh, we went out and showed them we wanted to love them and serve them. Um, this fall, the community association had a kickoff, and they actually approached our church and said, would you guys be willing to help volunteer to do that with us? So we're already making a name in the community. We're already reaching out there. They're seeing us as a church coming into the community as a good thing. Not as a bad thing, but as a good thing. It's, a, it's an organization, it's a group that's there to love the community and serve the community. But again, none of this comes without the support of all of the churches. None of this comes without the prayers that you guys are giving us, the financial support. And none of this comes without us um, really just relying on God and trusting on God to do this. So God is doing a lot of good things up there. Uh, we're glad to be a part of it. Uh, I know Karen and I especially are glad that this church is a part of it, supporting it. Uh, praying for us. Um, right now, uh, we get to uh, talk about the, the giving. So our budget is about $13,500. Um, as you can tell, the members give about 6000 of that each month. Um, so we're not there yet. The rest is supported by all of our, obviously, um, supporting churches. Uh, at the beginning, uh, we started out 100% reliant on other churches. Um, it was just our team, and we didn't really have a congregation going yet. Uh, in this past year, we've moved to being uh, partially supported by ourselves, partially supported by churches. Uh, this next year is the same plan. But our goal is in 2016 to be a self-sufficient uh, church, uh, just really fully reliant on our own people, um, and we're getting there. Uh, again, with the current support and rate of contributions we have, uh, along with our current support, we're in the position of having funds to last us and through till January 2015. 
That's where this special giving comes. Um, it'll help us. It'll extend us beyond that as we continue to grow as a congregation, as we continue to grow in our own giving, as we continue to grow in our own lives with God. We thank you for all the support you've given us. Um, we really can't thank you enough. It's not just the finances we're looking for, though. Um, we're looking for, obviously, support and prayer, as Peter mentioned. We thank you for all of the prayers you've basked, basked uh, to God on us. Uh, we couldn't be doing this without God's power. We couldn't be doing this uh, without being reliant on him and having other brothers and sisters in Christ that we know are out there loving us, supporting us, encouraging us in this. So on top of finances, we ask that you continue to pray. Continue to pray for that community. See, we're not just up there building relationships. It's been a week where it's been very vocal on the news of the different hurts going on. We've had two soldiers lost, and people call out about this tragedy, and it's very public. But the news doesn't focus on the tragedies that are going on in our neighborhoods where lives are broken, where marriages are breaking down, if not broken, where families are falling apart, where people come home to their homes and it's dark and it's quiet and they're alone and they have nothing. That's just as big of a tragedy as anything we've seen. And we feel God has put us up there that we can reach these communities, we can reach these lonely people, these broken people, to tell them the whole purpose of a life is to serve God, to worship him, and that's the whole point of any of these events, of any reason why we're up there, is to be loving these people, to be showing them Christ's love. And we'd pray for your church too, that you would see that in your communities these people exist too. That you'd be sacrificing, not only in giving, but in your lives. Sacrificing to reach your neighbors, to pray for your neighbors, to reach out to them, to your coworkers, Giving up the things in your lives that those around you that you love can come to know Christ as well. The missionary Jim Elliott once said, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. If you just pray with me, I'd like to pray over this church. Holy God, we come before the presence of just an amazing God, someone who we're unworthy to be, to be in front of, but one that pursues us, the one that pursues our neighbors, our coworkers, our families who sent his son that he might die, that they could all be drawn close to him, Lord. God, we pray that you would be using Northern Hills Church to reach the communities up there. We pray that you would be using this church, Father, to reach these communities, to reach those that are lost around here. God, give us your compassion, give us your love to see others as you see them, that drives us to to fall on our knees before you in humble adoration of the amazing God that you are and to give of ourselves that others might know that and experience that too. In your holy name we pray, amen. Thanks, Cole. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4. I'm just going to make a few comments in response to our text this morning. This is our, uh, our theme text for the year tenacious faith, and it fits so well what people are doing at Northern Hills, the way that they've responded to God's call. It's on 848 in your pew Bibles. Hebrews chapter 4, beginning with verse 14, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. 
Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. One of the things that is so clear from this text, and if you read the following verses, is that this one who is the high priest, who goes into the holiest of holies, who endures the cross, really, for our sake, this one was, like we are, tempted to sacrifice our faith for some of the other things in our world that challenge us. And yet Jesus, our high priest, endures the cross, though tempted not to undergo it, is willing to do so, and the process blesses us beyond our imaginations. We're going to show a little clip from what's actually a cartoon in just a moment. But I want you to think of it much differently than just a cartoon, because it's not just a cartoon. And I want you to watch especially as this character comes uh, nearer the end and encourages and exhorts Jesus to give up. Keith? Teacher, come with us. Sit by our fire. There are many things we don't understand. I will come and talk to you, Cleopas. I, I promise I will come to you, Jairus, very soon, and we, we will talk about many things. Where are you going? You can't come with me now, but one day you will. I don't want you to go. Don't be upset. Don't be afraid. In my father's house, there are, there are so many rooms. <laughs> so many. I'm going to find a wonderful place for you. One day, you'll always be with me. Simon Peter, James, John. Uh, no one else. some other way. Let there be... Let there be some other way. No! Take this cup away! Take, take it away! Take it away! Father! Father, dear Father, listen to me. Listen! If there is another way, a way out, a way out. Go, run. There's still time. Run, run for it. Come on, run. No. No. Not my will. It's not my will. It's your will. It's your will, Father. Your Father, Father, your 
will be done. Do you struggle like that? Do you struggle like that when there's a challenge to your faith? You know, there, there are those who would say to you, you might as well give up. Satan certainly would say to you, you might as well give up. And there's a part of us that is tempted to do so. They were being faced, the Hebrews, the people to whom the Hebrews letter is written, were faced with the challenge of giving up. I don't think we just one day wake up and say, I don't believe in Jesus anymore. It's not just that I'm not going to go to church today, I'm not going to go forever because I just don't believe this anymore. It doesn't happen just one day all of a sudden. I think it's a gradual process that takes place as Satan chips away at us, breaking off chunks of our faith a bit at a time. And he tells us that prayer isn't answered anymore. And he tells us that science has a better explanation about something here. Maybe everything here. He tells us that the church doesn't love you as much as it should. Or he tells you that sin feels great. He tells you that the sacrifices you make for Christ don't really accomplish anything. And that there are ways of spending your time and your money and your life that don't require near as much effort and are way more fun, not near as stressful. And you don't have to be around those hypocrites. And the loving world that we're in is so worth it. And then there's just the impact of sin on our hearts. You know, sin soils our faith. Sin contaminates our faith. It stains and weakens our hearts so that what the Bible calls a hardened heart isn't literally hard, of course. It's just become diseased, made weak so that sin becomes easier. Even the sin and maybe especially the sin of faithlessness. We all suffer from heart disease from one degree or another. You know, I have, uh, if you were to go to my garage right now, you'd find that there's in the garage some old fleeces and some t-shirts and some blue jeans, and they're all covered in grease because I work on my cars in them. And some of you probably have the same thing in your garage, okay? If you don't work on your car, then you do something in the yard and you, got, and you have these old clothes, right? But did they start out that way? Mine didn't. Mine started out probably looking like this. And then one day I said to myself, you know, I think I could go check the oil and not get dirty. And so I go and lift the hood and I go in there and I pull the reach for the, for the uh, dipstick. But then as I'm pulling it out, my arm bumps against the hood. And the next thing you know, I've got a big spot of grease on my arm. And of course, before I ever went out there, Robin said to me, you better change your clothes before you go out there and do that because you're going to get greasy. And I say, no, 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 I'm okay. I can do this. Like all I'm going to do is just check the oil. It's going to be fine. I, I promise I'm, I'm going to be fine. I'm not going to get my clothes dirty. But I do. Anybody else had that experience? Yeah, Larry's shaking his head. No. That's because 
when Joanne tells him not to do it, he goes and changes his clothes. <laughs> but yeah, that's the way all my clothes started out. I didn't intend for them to get dirty. I wasn't thinking, I think I'll go ruin my good clothes so that I can get them all dirty and greasy and then they'll become my greasy clothes. I didn't think that from the beginning. But that's what happens. And the erosion of faith is like that. We don't start out thinking, I think I'll do something that will weaken my faith. But it happens. And here's the blessing. The blessing is that we have a high priest. One who has gone into the holiest of holies on our behalf. And when he was tempted, when he didn't want to suffer, and I, you know, I know that's just a cartoon, but don't you feel it when he starts saying, no, 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 I want a different way. I get that. I feel that. He doesn't want to go through that suffering. But we find ourselves sinful, thinking, how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to be free from the trap I'm in? And it's one who has gone to the Father on our behalf, the high priest, who knows the suffering just like we know it. Who knows the temptation of giving up on faith just like we do. And yet he was willing to persevere. He was willing to continue to give himself to his Father. And because he recognized that his Father loved him so much, he continues to love the Father in return. And give his whole life to him. You guys heard the story this week just the way I did. Of Nathan Cirillo who stands at the war memorial. And then has someone come and take his life. And there was a lady walking by. Barbara Winters. She had just taken a photograph of two soldiers standing by the war memorial and as she passed by and continued on down the block, she got down the block and then she heard the gunfire. And unlike so many people, instead of running away from it, she ran toward it on purpose because she knew that after what had happened in Montreal, that someone had now taken shots at these two soldiers standing by the war memorial. So she turned around and she went back to Nathan Cirillo and with a number of other people tried to save his life. And if you saw the article, if you saw her comments, um, like there was a nurse there, there was other soldiers there, other passers-by trying to save Nathan Cirillo's life, but it wasn't working, and she could see that. And so she started saying to Nathan Cirillo, Corporal Cirillo, over and over again, you're loved. Your family loves you. You're a good man. And they asked her afterwards why she was saying those things. And she said this. She said, because when someone is dying, what they need to hear is that they are loved. And you know, that's exactly what Jesus heard from his father as he's anticipating the cross. He hears how he's loved. And because he is He's willing to stay faithful and be committed to the task and not allow the things that were tempting him to go a different way to distract him or dissuade him. He just goes down that path and it meant for him death. And you 
and I. We have these tempting things around us that would dissuade us from continuing down the path. But we have this high priest who has gone before us and who set us this fabulous example in response to the love of his father. And the response is one of faithfulness and committedness to the task. Well, we hear and we know in, in these, this dying body of mine, this life that is headed toward death, I know that I'm loved. And I see it in the sacrifice of my high priest who goes before me, becoming himself the sacrifice that I might live. And to that one, I and we need to be faithful. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you for loving us like you do. There is no one who loves you, or no one who loves us like you love us. God, you love us so much that you give your son, and then your son loves us so much that he gives his life. And we pray that you'd help us in response as we see him go into the holy place, the cross, to be sacrificed on our behalf. Help us in response to love you with all our hearts and to be committed to you for all our lives. We pray these things through Jesus. Amen.